0: Hello, all you lovely and traumatized humans. Um, Am I a little bit chaotic today? Yes. Am I a little bit all over the place? Again, yes. Do I have a pretty bad smelling air freshener sitting on top of Chub Chub's litter box? Again, yes. It doesn't smell good. It's supposed to smell like um, jasmine, I think, <laughs> or lavender, or I don't know, a flower. Um. Anyway, today we're talking about motivation. What motivates you? Um, Rewards? Accolades? Or just your internal sense of I want to do something good in the world. But a lot of people probably have like a good mixture of both. But we're going to uh, talk about extrinsic versus intrinsic motivation. Um, I happen to be I think a little more intrinsically motivated than extrinsically motivated. I'm going to really get tired of saying those two words by the end of this. But let me tell you a story. I, had, I once had a running coach who was a bit of a buffoon. Um, and he liked to um, kind of shame us And denigrate us. That was kind of his method of motivation. Uh, He rarely gave anyone positive affirmation. And it kind of created this, like, weird culture where everyone just, like, was kind of, like, either searching for it or gave up searching for his uh, positive affirmation. So it was kind of fucked up. But, um it kind of works for some people. Some people need somebody to push them constantly and some people don't. Some people respond well to that and some people are like, fuck you, I don't need you to tell me that, whatever. So when my coach said things like, you can do better, he was only echoing what I already thought. I needed him to say something like, you're doing great, I know you can do this, that kind of stuff. His words didn't motivate me, rather they had the perverse effect of demotivating me and I I liked running, like I wanted to do well so it was kind of a weird um, experience. It took me some time uh, to realize that nobody holds me to a higher standard than I hold myself. I'm pretty hard on myself. I almost always think I could do more. And, uh, you know, my old coach, he kind of applied the same method, uh, to all of his athletes. And so some of them kind of became as fast as they had ever been. He pushed me to a point of overtraining, which comes with a decrease in performance. And, um, obviously just brought with it like more shame. So, a more aware coach would have realized the difference in his athletes. I mean, there was like 50 of us, so um, it's hard to be as personal uh, when there's that many people. But um, a, a better coach would have, I think, acknowledged the difference. And instead of treating us all the same, he would have adjusted his coaching style. Coaching is a profession that requires a really high amount of emotional intelligence. And you know, just as there are bad cops and bad lawyers and bad doctors, there are bad coaches. <laughs> And plenty of good ones. I'm not saying there aren't good ones. Although this is obvious, it kind of feels like a reality that is um, foreign in today's kind of chaotic and extremist and highly skewed landscape. It seems like we only ever hear about like... The crazy people or the really amazing people, you know. When I think back on my early days running and being coached by various people, I can easily pinpoint which coaches were able to identify and motivate uh, to identify what motivated myself and my fellow athletes. Like, because it wasn't the same for everybody. And the ability to tap into someone else's psyche and determine what will motivate them is. Uh, a gift. The best salespeople have it. The best leaders have it. Emotional intelligence is actually one of the leading factors of success in the workplace. Being able to identify what motivates yourself and your team is enormously important, especially if you're managing people. So maybe you're like me and you have a high degree of intrinsic motivation. You participate in activities because you find them enjoyable. I run ultras because I find them enjoyable. You study a particular subject because you find it fascinating. That's why I studied English. You might compete in a contest because you find the challenge fun or exciting. Uh, Or maybe you have a high degree of extrinsic motivation, so you participate in activities to win. You just want to win. You study to get good grades, or you choose subjects most closely aligned with future economic success. These are the people who might be like, I'm going to be a lawyer, even though they don't really feel like satisfied being a lawyer, but they're satisfied with the money that comes with being a lawyer. You might uh, join contests or challenges to reap some sort of reward or recognition. Neither motivation style is better or worse, and many of us have... A mixture of both. Um, I used to work in fundraising and have since switched to sales. Fundraising appealed to my intrinsic motivation style. I liked feeling uh, as if the work I was doing mattered or helped somebody. I enjoyed my work as well, which made the difficulty of the job and the mediocre pay a non issue for a while. Um, nonprofits sometimes like to lean on the philanthropic sensibilities of their employees to justify low pay, and the public seems to think that people who work for nonprofits should be paid less than their for-profit peers but I digress um the job is rewarding but in exchange you're almost expected to not earn that much soon the reality of life at a nonprofit set in and it was difficult making men- ends meet which sounds so crazy right because i was making like Okay, money, um, but you know, it's expensive to live, especially in Orange County. And uh, I soon learned that my compensation would pretty much be capped at a certain level. Even high level jobs in the nonprofit world didn't pay that well. And soon my intrinsic motivation to do good in the world was kind of overshadowed. Over, 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 I'm just like synapsing, uh, was overshadowed by my immediate needs. And this is sort of um, a, the sad reality of the nonprofit world sometimes. A lot of good people leave because they need to provide for themselves and their families, or they kind of figure that maybe if they do something different, they could still do just as much good in the world. And, um, yeah, my decision to move into a sales job was motivated more by my extrinsic need to be, uh, you know, uh, able to take care of myself than my intrinsic desire to sell anything. I I never thought I would actually like doing sales. It was important for me to find a job selling something that I cared about. I knew that most sales jobs would be a grind, and just like fundraising, sales would be more enjoyable if I liked and believed in what I was selling. So luckily, I did land in a job where um I like what I'm selling, and the company is awesome. Uh, My intrinsic and extrinsic uh, extrinsic motivation, it sort of meshes in a way that's difficult to orchestrate or plan. I didn't know that I would like my sales job, but when I wake up every day, I feel uh, interested in my tasks. I like drumming up business and talking to interesting people. And commission is nice, you know, it doesn't hurt. And the commission is also a pretty good incentive to keep drumming up business. The interesting thing about motivation is that when you offer extrinsic, um, ex- excessive extrinsic rewards to an intrinsically motivated person, you can effectively demotivate them. So this is a phenomenon known as the overjustification effect. And a 2008 study found that children who were rewarded for playing with a toy that they already liked – Um, became less interested in it after they were rewarded for doing so. So, like, if you gave, um, say the kid loves to play soccer and you give them a trophy for playing soccer, they're like, eh, maybe I don't like soccer so much. Like, I didn't, you know, like, they know that they didn't earn it. Kids are smarter than we think. Um... So if you apply the over justification effect to the world of sales or fundraising, it's easy to understand some intrinsically motivated salespeople won't be more motivated by rewards or recognition or like the leaderboard and up on the wall in the sales room, um, especially if they already like what they're doing. If they don't like what they're selling, they will require more extrinsic motivations in order to become interested. Sometimes giving somebody extrinsic rewards can make them more interesting in something. So like if I sold insurance maybe, I would need a pretty good extrinsic motivator to stay engaged and become interested. Um, And even then I might still hate it. (laughs) Since sales jobs attract more extrinsically motivated people, it makes sense that companies offer rewards in turn for selling. I mean, it's not a glamorous job in a lot of ways um, until you kind of get past the uh, daily grind kind of roles. So... In many ways, external rewards are useful. They can provide feedback regarding performance and reinforce positive action. Um, They can also induce interest and participation in an activity um, that maybe someone's not initially interested in. So very common in the sales world, like in my insurance example. Um, They can also motivate people to acquire new skills or knowledge and thereby sort of lead them to be more intrinsically interested in an activity. Say you get rewarded for... Um, learning a new language. uh, And then pretty soon, you don't really need those extrinsic rewards, you're just interested in the language, or maybe you go to the country, and then you're like, well, this is useful. So now I'm interested, you know, extrinsic motivators should be avoided in situations where an individual already finds an activity intrinsically rewarding, or um, when offering a reward might make a fun activity seem more like work. Like you never want to make something fun seem like work either. So I'm going to leave you with three interesting takeaways about extrinsic rewards and their influence on intrinsic motivation. It's just interesting to me personally, I guess, because I am an intrinsically motivated person. But the first is that intrinsic motivation will decrease when external rewards are given for minimal work. So a good example. So if a kid is uh, receiving a prize just for participating in a game or a contest, their motivation to try to win will decrease and they'll often become less interested in the overactivity. I think that that's so funny given like the sort of, um, uh, you know, trophies for participation and all that kind of stuff. The second thing is that praise can increase internal motivation. This seems obvious, but offering positive praise and feedback when people do something better than others can improve intrinsic motivation. Obviously, The last thing is that unexpected external rewards do not decrease intrinsic motivation. An unexpected bonus or shout-out at work will not decrease your intrinsic motivation to do your job if you already like it. Conversely, if you hate your job and you receive a random praise or even a random bonus, you probably will still hate it. Um, The key element is that the external rewards must be unexpected or random. If given too often, they may result in a decrease in motivation for an intrinsically motivated person. Um, You also don't want to feel like you're just doing an okay job and getting rewards for that you know like like rewards should really be given when somebody is doing amazing work and if you're just doing mediocre work and getting praise and rewards it kind of like it does demotivate you because you're just like well I don't even try that hard to get uh, rewarded you know um it's pretty interesting how um it's kind of like if somebody is too available like if uh, you're dating someone and they're too available you're just like All right, well, you're not that interesting anymore. You know what I mean? It's kind of the same thing. So the things I linked are an article about how to motivate your employees, um, how to coach young athletes given their unique motivation styles, Or a quiz to find your own motivational style. I don't know about these online quizzes, man. Man, shouldn't you know you better than that? I used to take all those uh, BuzzFeed quizzes that were like, which Disney princess are you? And then if I was unhappy with the result, I would just go back and retake it and answer differently. And then I think I figured, I think I just kind of came to the conclusion that it's all random. Like, you will get fucking Belle every time, no matter what you pick, because... It's rigged. It's a rigged system is what I'm saying. Who even like reads BuzzFeed anymore? I don't even do that anymore. All right, everyone. I'm going to go. And I love you. And bye.